Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to Belmont Banter, our weekly podcast with everything to do with Whitstable Town and indeed local football. Uh, we've had one or two players on, a couple of supporters, and today we've got Whistle Town's photographer. Yes, he is the official photographer. It's Les Biggs. Hello, Les. How are you today, mate? Uh, hello there, Tony. Fine. And you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Right. Um, I'd like to start with uh, your involvement with Whistle. How far back does it go? When I was at school, I used to come down to training sessions on a Tuesday and Thursday with old Charlie Ridge. I was a goalkeeper, played in goal for the Nottage and uh, played with North Kent, North East Kent schoolboys and uh, reserve for Kent. But um, it was, I was trying to get into the big time football. I was playing for the school in the morning and occasionally I, I got a, a call up to join, a, well, Whistle A team I played with mostly. We had the three teams then. So I did travel with the reserves a couple of times, but never played for them. I played with the A team and names from the past going way back there, you know, like Ray Keane, Brian Salatin, etc. So, yeah, those were the good old days, they were. Lots of local uh, Whitstall names there, Les, with the Salatins and the air. Yeah, and then I decided to join the army for the best of my sins. <laughs> And went into the army when I was 15. Wow. Uh, and where were you stationed? Well, I, I went in as a boy apprentice as a chef. I was stationed at Aldershot. Done a three-year three apprenticeship there. And my first posting from leaving uh, Aldershot was Dover. I, and it's quite a funny story. I, my father dropped me off at the guard room and... Popped in, I said, oh, I'm just joining, I'm with the Army Catering Corps. And there was a staff sergeant in there, and he says, oh, he says, I'll take you down. And he walked, walking, walking down, he said, my name's Matthew Cart. He says, a lot of people call me Orson, Orson Cart. Yeah. And he says to me, yeah, you play football? I said, yeah. He said, what position? I said, goalkeeper. He said, thank Christ for that. He says, we've been taking it in turns. We haven't got a goalkeeper. He says, can you play tomorrow? I says, well, I've only just joined here, you know. So I had to go home, get my boots and got my motorbike and drove back to, to Dover. And that was it. I was in the uh, team there with seven professionals in the team. It was the old national service days. With likes of players from Newcastle, Carlisle, Dundee, Aberdeen. The sergeant that took me down, Matt Carter, he was with, in the old days, Bradford Park Avenue. <laughs> was going back some, yeah. And Peter Sewell from Carlisle. Uh, there, Carlisle got in touch with Dover and he used to turn out for Dover occasionally. Not in league, on league games and that, you know, but uh, those were good days. Well, you certainly played with some decent players there, that's for sure. And yeah. uh, how long did your football career last with the Army? The whole time you were in there? Yeah, I, I, I played um, with, uh, as, as I say, I was with the, Royal, the Junior Leaders Regiment, Royal Engineers at Dover. I went from there to uh, West Byfleet 
Army Operational Research Establishment, all hush hush about the Southern Official Secrets Act there, but I wasn't cooking, doing research into diets. I still wanted my football, and one of the chaps at the establishment in West Byfleet, he was had ties with Woking. So I said, oh, can I uh, come along? He said, yeah, come down. So I had a trial with Woking. But at the same time, I used to, I was living in digs in Guildford. I used to go and watch Guildford City. So I went round there and they offered me a trial and I had a couple of games for Guildford City second team. The first team was in the old, the very old Southern League, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which... Um, it's quite a quite a strong lead. And when I was there, we had two players from Chelsea join, uh, David Cliss and um, oh, what's his name? Yeah, Peter Sillett. Those were the days, as I say. But um, I was a slim lad those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, we all change as we get older. That's for sure. Uh, and then you were telling me uh, earlier on when we were having a little chat that you ended up in the navy as well. How did that come about? I mean. It's, it's a bit unusual to have you enlisted in the army and then join the Navy. That's right. Yeah, well, I came out of the army and I thought, what am I going to do? Of course, in the meantime, when I was in the army, especially when I was stationed at, well, well I, I ended up at Canterbury. Um, I was playing in a soul band as well, guitar and keyboards <laughs> up in the Medway towns. And uh, I come out and I, I thought, oh, I've had enough. I come out of the army and I was going to continue in my music career, but thought better of it. And I had a chance to join the Merchant Navy, which I did. And I sailed on my first trip, was it February 1967, on the old Rhodesia Castle, which was a passenger ship. I went as third baker, so done that trip. And then it was no looking, I went left them and went with Sugarline, which was owned by Tate and Lyle. I had to say the second cook, though I got more qualifications than most of the cooks that went away to sea. If I'd have been in the Royal Navy, I could have sailed as chief cook, but um, I ended up as uh, second cook for a couple of trips. They sent me on a course. I got the cook's ticket. When I got there, the, the instructor said, well, I can't teach you much. He says, you're cooking for us and the secretary and the, and the boss here for the Red Enzyme Club. So I got my ticket, done a couple of trips, two or three trips as chief cook. And the captain said to me, would I fancy going as a purser? I said, yeah, okay. And so that was the end of my cooking career. And I went, got into the purses, which was really, really good job. I've done that the rest of my career. And how, how long did you actually stay in the Navy for then? 34 years. 34 years? Yeah, I joined in 67 and I came, I retired at 69 in 2001. Yeah, the last spell was with Cable and Wireless and with them I lived in Fiji for four years with the family. So you've certainly been around then? Yeah, I think in my last counts, 87 or 88 countries <laughs> throughout the world. Yeah, I've seen, seen a bit of the world. There's still people in Whitstall to this day that have never been to London, you know that? No, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while I was with the with this Navy, Merchant Navy, we, we play, used to play other ships in different countries. And yeah. I played in um, 
Australia, India, Fiji, Canada, and my greatest thrill was playing in Brazil. My goodness me. Well, that was only a ship's team, but uh, it's, um, you know, we used to have some good times, good fun. Oh, I'm sure you did. Thanks to celebrate it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and what sort, of, what sort of crowds did they get? Well, well the ships were, you, you'd probably only get about 50 or 60 or 70. Yeah. Uh, you know, mostly from the ships. I mean, we weren't playing any of the local teams. They'd have slaughtered us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was fun time football more than anything else then? Well, that was, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant time. I did go ashore as we called it, for about a year in 67, 68, I think it was. And I played in two local teams, Whistable United and Hearn Hill. And Hearn Hill was one of the old Whistable stalwarts was playing for them. Um, he used to play the fullback for Whistable when he was playing centre forward there, Des Kay. Wow. Remember Des Kay. I, I heard the name. I don't remember him, but I've heard the name. His brother played for Folkestone, uh, Gordon, Gordon Kay. I, I often reminisce about the old days and wish I, there's times when I wish I could get on the field and play, but I can't even kick a ball now. Yeah. No, I'm sure we all do, mate. Once we get, once we get that old, yeah, our playing days have got long gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, then, as, it's, as I say, I was at sea all that time and, Retired in 2001 and always been interested in photography. And um, I, well, the wife won a first prize in a raffle at Norwich Hospital. Yeah. Which was a trip before to New York for four days, luxury hotel, etc., etc. And I bought a camera while I was in New York, a Canon. And when I come back, I thought, well, I'm doing nothing. I, I used to play golf on a Saturday sometimes, and sometimes I go down and play uh, football, and uh, or watch the football, I should say, not play. Uh, and uh, and I've got my new camera and my zoom lens and all that. Oh, if you can, could you send us a couple of photos from the match? And if you know they're any good, he says I, I can probably use them. So I sent Dooley sent him about a dozen, I think. He says, great. He says, just one thing. He says, can you have less sky and less grass in the photos? <laughs> more zoomed in on the players. which I did, And that was the start of my, that was in 2012, I think. That was the start of my photography career with Whitstable. Uh, well, I, I, like an idiot, said, okay, I'll do the programme. And he helped me a great deal to start with getting set up and, and all that and you know uh, I'm just wondering when I'm going to do my next program yeah yes, that's a fact it does uh, it does give you an interest though doesn't it getting involved with the football club yeah and I tell you what I, in the 12 years I've been not 12 years uh, eight nine years I've been doing the photo been some wonderful characters in the teams you know I've, one you done the interview the other day, Pulley. I got very friendly with Pulley. Yeah. And one guy I was very, very friendly was Stuart Barhead. We could do with someone like him to compliment our strikers now because he always had an eye for goal. He certainly did. Yeah, Pulley yeah. was speaking about Stuart as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, Lawrence Harvey, I know his dad. And yeah. 
Oh, there's, there's new Jake McKenzie, you know. It's yeah, it's nice. nice. Yeah. Local faces. Uh, yeah, Scotty Heard. I mean, I've got quite friendly with Scotty. And I mean, Jake's mum was always asking me for photos of Jake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. there's been some good managers there. I, I didn't take too much to Justin Lutchford. But I got on well with the Dwards. I mean, I used to drive a minibus and take the team to away games. Yeah. In those days, you know, and I mean, uh, Scott got on very well with Scott Porter, and we've got a super manager now. You couldn't wish for better. He's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, he he's more so than Scott. He's he's involved with the juniors and 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 takes an interest in what's going on there, which is great. You know, I think great future for the club. You know, it's going to take a bit of time. Of course, this lockdown didn't help. We was just starting to progress really well at the end, towards the end of last season. There was a period there where he was telling me that uh, if we'd have won uh, like two more games, we'd have been up there in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know as if we could afford to go up. That's the, that's the other crux. I mean, if, if the crowds increase, you know, I mean, we're getting up to touching on an average of 300. We got up to about 350, 400 even. That might sort of finance if the club had got promoted. But I mean, there's a lot more travel and you get higher, well, more players come in, more money. They want more money, which is natural, I suppose. And, you know, it's a difficult thing to, to weigh up to get enough money to afford to go up and we've got plat well steve has got plans for the ground with the uh, all-weather pitch and, and all that i mean the ground is certainly looking super now with um and that rain last weekend it's perked the pitch up no end that's good that's good we didn't get much here in herne bay though no i know we didn't i, mean, I was talking to ron he said because he lives in harry street he said it was like a river running down the road. I said, well, we had a couple of sprinkles in Herne Bay and that was it. Yeah. It's like yesterday I was in Herne Bay. I went into the music bay and was talking to Graham and it started hammering down. I thought, I'm going to get wet here, which I did walking back to the car. Drove home, which is only about a mile from where that, you know, still in Herne Bay. And it was dry that and then the rain, as I always say to the wife, it's got to end somewhere, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But it does seem to have gone on for a long, long time here, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's some good days. In, in some good days. Talking of uh, talking of managers and players and, and and the like, I know that there's been a fairly, you know, we've had some fairly successful times. Were you yeah. around in the era, era that um, Siegs was there? Um, I probably came and watched one or two. I wasn't involved at all with the club. Uh, when I When I got involved... And Lutchford was manager. All oh, right, okay. Uh, but no, I, I, I mean, I, I was very friendly back in the old days with Peter Merritt. Yes. I played played a bit of football with Peter, in in the in going back in the old days and that. The good little footballer he was. And yeah. Good cricketer as well. Uh, yeah, quite a sportsman as well, wasn't he, Peter? Uh, well, I used to be in the army. I mean, I played. Rugby, cricket, hockey, water polo. I've done a lot of basketball, <laughs> badminton. 
in my later years, I took up golf, which oh. I got down to an 11 handicap, which was very briefly, and then it went started climbing back up again. But those, um, I used to enjoy my golf. I miss the golf, but I couldn't walk around now. No, it's my, a struggle now, isn't it? Because my knees, knees and hips are, are, I don't know if that's from days of playing in goal on frozen pitches and and that which we used to do in the old days, as you well remember. Yeah, very true. Go out and brush the lines, you know, in the snow, so you can see where the lines were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a changed world now. Going, touching on um, you talking about Steve and the all-weather pitch, if that uh, comes to fruition, that's going to change the club completely. Well, then, I think, you know, there's a good chance that it'll bring in some income it all being well, which these pitches do, and then you know, no telling where we'll go because if we've got if we've got a guaranteed income coming in um, all year round, which it would be with the with that thing, you, the club could go get promoted one or two, three leagues if we were good enough to get promoted. If we were good enough, but that, early, that would it, you know. Yeah, but earlier on, you touched on two points that are. Are very crucial to that promotion. One is players' wages, and the other is travel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I, I go to all the away games, and I take Ron with me. And you know, some of them, when you go to Hastings and uh, Worthing and Whitehawk and places, you know, they're fair old slots, but it's nothing compared to if we were in the Premier Division, we'd be going north of the Thames and Absolutely, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I remember a conversation I had with Richard Lawson when uh, he was chairman of uh, Ramsgate and they got promoted. They were up into the what was the Ryman Prem. And he said to me at the time that he wished they'd never gone up. He said it was, it, it was, it just killed them financially. Yeah, well, it, 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 unless you've got a, a, an added income, say a very rich benefactor, and say, okay, I'll stand for that. Or if hopefully the three weather, all weather, three G pitch, four G, I don't know what it is, kicks in and we get a good income from that, that could certainly. I mean, there's plans. We, I mean, the dressing room badly needs knocking down and a new one. I mean, that's yeah. a good wind to blow it down. True. Actually, take the roof off. You know, the trouble is when it's that badly in repair. I don't think we're covered insurance-wise, so. Um, you know, which would be sad, but we could get one of these new ones that they, you know, they're already struck a bit like the classroom that we got there. Yes. And put up in two or three days. It's just yeah. a knocking down the old one, getting rid of the rubbish, putting the base for it to go on. All the plumbing's there. Um, you're looking at for a decent size room, changing room, about seventy grand, which yeah. isn't. Right, I, I would imagine if you had one built from scratch, it would cost you near on that, if not more. If not more, yeah. Yeah, I keep checking the lottery, you know, if I won, <laughs> I, I, I'd finance it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we need someone with lots of, lots of money or, I mean, we can get the 3G pitch with a grant maybe um, and some nice benefactors loaning us the rest yeah um, to pay back over a certain period but we'd have 
a good income coming in then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, a good figure. Absolutely is. Got the gate receipts and the bar and, and the functions. Everything quantifies up then. As soon as you get more bodies in there, for whatever reason, there's more spent on the bar, more on the tea bar. Everything, it all makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, Steve's done a great job. and We've got a good good supporter basis coming in. Yeah. Some of them moan and whinge a bit, but, you know, uh, you know, we can't win every game and be, be brilliant every game. But, uh, no, it's... It's it's certainly got a good future if we can get rid of this COVID threat. It's going in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. certainly yeah. is. But yeah. those sort of people that moan and whinge, they'd moan and whinge even if we were in the Premiership. Probably, yeah, probably. I think, you know, they get fixated on a certain style and that. I mean, no one liked the way Scott played the team. You know, he had them kicking the ball long. Yes, but Scott said, if the ball's in there at half, they're not going to score, are they? Which is true, you know. Uh, get it down there quick, especially on some of the pitches, you know. Uh, I mean, Whistle's pitch got a bit iffy um, over a period of time that you can't play football on it. So, no. get it down the other end. Let them yeah. worry. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't argue with the man. I mean, he's got us promoted. He got uh, Hyde promoted up to the... Um, yeah. I'm a friend, isn't he? So he's he, he does he does what he says, but he doesn't please everybody. No, I mean he, he, he's a very loud voice on the on the touchline there, but he's a hell of a bloke, hell of a nice bloke. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I've got a... just his passion that gets that gets away with him, and it shows he's committed. It does. I've got a lot of time for him. I must say, I really yeah. have. I'm just on one point, I was watching the VO, um, you know, they, that automatic camera yes. thing we've got. Um, and that first goal that we scored against Sammy, I know they weren't up to much as a team. Mm-hmm. The passing and the movement, I mean, it ended up with um, uh, Jay Hards, and he put a lovely weighted ball through for uh, Liam King, is it? He had to run yeah, Liam to- King, yeah. Yeah, and scored a cracking goal. That was that was a goal worthy of the Premiership. Yeah, it was good. Wasn't it? Good movement off the ball, running into space, through yeah. ball, bang. And even the goal that Mohammed Cham got, the way he picked himself up, ran, got round the player, put the ball in. No keeper was going to stop it. He's got goals in him. That lad. He has. It was very good. Very good. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Les. I think we'll have yeah. to do this. We'll have to do this again. Um, be breakfast time, it? <laughs> <laughs> nice to have a chat with you. Um, and you. I'll, I'll just finish off everyone by saying thanks very much to Les. He's our uh, official photographer, takes some great pictures. If you get online on the uh, Whitstable Oyster Boys site and indeed on Whitstable Town FC, you'll see all of Les's pictures up there. He's got uh, some great action shots. Every time there's a goal in, he's the man. He gets them there. So... From me and from Les, it's uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again soon here at Belmont Banter. Cheers, Les. Cheers, Tony. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond.